We're clear for takeoff. Welcome one, welcome all to the Kings of the Heart podcast. My name is Tariq Omari Walton, and you picked a hell of a day to check us out because this is the Cypher 3, where it's not just myself and my brother, Dr. John Hart. Dr. Hart, how you doing, sir? Always good to see you, my man. Good how you doing, brother? Good to see you, man. Feeling good, feeling good. And our other partner in crime, yes. Ms. Weena Wise is in the house for the Cypher 3. What's going on, Ms. Weena? You know why? You know why? In the building, trying oh. to do a Benjamin Button on y'all. Birthdays next week, That's and woo-hoo. so I'm trying to just kind of reverse the hands of Father you Time. Are. You're just absolutely <laughs> adorable today. I don't know what is. I mean, you look like you're drinking water, getting sleep. What's going on with you? Five whole glasses a day. Five, five whole Look glasses. That. Just five <laughs> glasses. Okay. All right. We got it. Just five. Okay. Well, eight. No, oh, five. So, still, still, it's working for you. Whatever you're doing is working for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. So, guys, today we have a very deep but wonderful topic, something that's very timely, something I think that's really needed. We're going to get into betrayal. Ooh. Betrayal mm. within a relationship, right? So, there's different kinds of betrayal. You know, we don't want to just focus on one like we typically do, like people typically do. But we're going to get into the different kinds of betrayal, the impact betrayal can have on your relationship. It can have on your individual, on the your mate, on, and on you as a person betraying. And we want to give you some tips on how to overcome betrayal within your relationship. So we're going to have to break all that down for you guys today. And just be ready. Be ready because this is going to be a good one. It's going to definitely be a good one, if I can say so myself. So <laughs> let's kind of just jump into it. Let's just first define what betrayal is. What does it mean? to be betrayed within your relationship we you know why don't we start with you what do you what, how do you define betrayal within a relationship first word that comes up for me is violation oh that's a good one no yeah. it's a violation of your partner's trust mm-hmm. or expectations true that yeah true that yeah okay no i like that i like that what about for you dr john how would you define betrayal yeah, I think violation is pretty good. Uh, I think the breaking of trust um, or or credibility, uh, you know, and and I think to add on to Sister Weena's point, betrayal then creates a lot of emotional and psychological conflict within the relationship, mm-hmm. right? You know, like those two really stick out to me. You know, that 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 emotional psychological conflict. Um, that's that's that immediate impact of that violation Sister Weena was talking about. Right? Yes. Yeah. The thing I think about when it comes to betrayal within a relationship is the intentionality of the action. Yeah, absolutely. That what mm. you're doing, yeah. you knew yeah. was going to be a violation, is going yeah, to be crossing a particular relational boundary, and yet you still decided to do it, knowing that there might be consequences if caught, and yet you decided to do it. Ooh, <laughs> I started sweating. <laughs> I feel like I'm under the interrogation lamp. <laughs> We're not pointing the finger at nobody, but we yeah. know, you know, one thing being couples therapists, we run into betrayal of all kinds all the time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And when they come in to see us, oftentimes 
people have in their mind what betrayal is, right? So we can define it for them. But in terms of the actual action, the actual betrayal, whatever that activity is, people have different ideas about that. Oftentimes, yeah. they don't think that their action is necessarily um, reaches the level of betrayal. It was just, you know, something I was doing. It wasn't a big deal, right? But mm -hmm. there are so many different ways to look at it because the main point about betrayal is how it impacts your mate, how they feel. They feel betrayed by your action. You may not think it's an act of betrayal, but they feel. Because, you, you know, you have your reasons. We all have mm -hmm. our reasons for the things we do. You know, we're going to justify why we did what we did, mm -hmm. no matter how intentional it was. But the fact that you had to hide it already says something. And when your mate is impacted by it, typically that's says since they feel betrayed. So what are some of the different kinds of betrayals you have come across in your practice? What are the things that couples bring to you? Or even your individuals sometimes, individual clients may come to you with where they feel betrayed. What are some of those actions? Throwing the caveat in here that is so subjective. Ex yeah. Exactly. That's the point. Right? right. It's so subjective. And it's all about sometimes how two partners have such different personality types that one person's personality type is just an immediate betrayal or violation <laughs> to that other person's personality type. So let's start with something wow. common and small, okay. like um, <laughs> gossiping or sharing too much business when yeah. your partner is a private person. Yeah. 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 True. True. A partner yeah. can feel extremely betrayed when they discover that their significant other or better half has been telling too many details about them or the relationship to friends or family members. Yeah. 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 Coworkers. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. I, I like that's that. Really that's good. a good oh, start. Coworkers, work husbands yeah. and work wives. Mm -hmm. Ouch. Yeah. 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 That's a good one. Yeah. That's a really good one. Yeah. What you got, John? Um, One of the things I, I, I've been working with a couple on, it's very interesting, is um, not in a relationship a partner not standing up for their partner, especially against family. Mm, right. Yeah. Like yes. that, that's very, very tricky and dicey, you know, because, you know, um, when being in a committed relationship, there's this sense of unity. We have each other's back, but then how that can be tested when it involves, let's say family um, right. for this couple, you know, um, the husband felt betrayed because his sister-in-law and brother-in-law were disrespecting him and his wife did not you know, put them in check or like say anything. She just kind of like let it yeah. happen. And he felt betrayed. And right. that was his actual word. Yeah. You know, so you, you know that, what I, that that's that's a relational one that I, I I've been working with lately. Let's let's add another piece to this because I think it's important to understand how that even happens. So Wiener, for you, when you think about those couples where the one person is sharing everything, what's the justification behind it? The person's actually betraying the trust of their partner. What are some of the justifications they give for actually talking about their business to everybody else? And But that's the subjective piece, depending on the level of privacy that your partner wants. You Absolutely. may be sharing something that you think is pretty benign mm -hmm. and your partner is like, whoa, wait a minute. Ninjas move in silence. We don't talk at all about anything that happens in this household. But the reason why a partner might share in these circumstances is because they need some level of assistance yeah. or guidance 
around the particular stalemate or conflict that's come up in the relationship. And when your partner is your best friend and you're used to leaning on your best friend to talk to, who do you talk to About when you're fighting with your best friend? Yeah, right. <laughs> you yep. have to go outside of that relationship point. to yeah. potentially get some guidance about how to handle this issue you're now having with your best friend. So yeah. it does get really dicey. Yeah, that And that's the point that I good often good come point. across with that same situation, that I needed somebody to talk to. You know, I wanted to get some more insight from other people. I needed some advice from other people. But then this is the problem that I run into with that. How many people did you need advice from? Because you didn't just go talk to one or two people. You talked to seven, eight, nine people. So it became very gossipy. Well, no, I just told my mom and my mom is the connector for the whole family. And she told seven or eight people. (laughs) But I only told the one person. Right, 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 (laughs) right. Right. And so we have to come back and address some of that, too. You know, Dr. Yeah. John, what about for you? What about in your example? You know, how is it that people justify not being there or supporting their mate when it comes to dealing with their their own family? Yeah. I, I, you know, one of the things that came up is um, uh, not to sound like a broken record, but, you know, it's it's the family of origin stuff. So mm-hmm. we all come from different families and, and, yeah. and each family gets down differently when you think about boundaries and information. There are yeah. families who literally tell each other's business in front of company. Yeah. And that's just kind of like the way of life there. And so when it becomes so normal, what ends up happening is if you, you end up being in a relationship with someone who doesn't come from that um, level of it's openness. Closure. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it is offensive. It is. It, yeah. it does come off as betrayal. And, and and what's really interesting is that the partner who's whose family is kind of engaging in this, the the reason why they're like, oh, I didn't think anything of it. It's not that they were intentionally trying to be mean. It's because that way of life is so normal right. because they grew up in it. This is what we do. This is what we do. We do. And right. so and so it, and again, it's not an excuse. But like one of the things that we were able to unpack is that, like, you know, one partner comes from a very private you know, um, um, family of origin, you know, we don't, we don't, you know, everything is behind closed doors. This, you know, for this we don't family, even talk it's, about it's, it. Yeah. You know, and, and for this family, so, you know, for the partner, they were just like, I, I honestly, in the moment, you know, they were like, I didn't think much of it because yeah. like, that's just how we've always been, you yeah. know, again, doesn't make it right. But the family of origin, like some of the boundaries, cause this is a lot of this, like, you know, boundaries kind of things that exactly. are playing themselves yeah. out. So right. I just want to throw that out there. Yeah. And it's the same thing with Winning's example. It's all about yeah, boundaries. Absolutely. You know, it's about about boundaries, boundaries, and not, not knowing what those boundaries are, you know, few based off of maybe your family of origin. You know, if you come from yeah. a family that is wide open, that doesn't really have strong boundaries, where no they filter, share every, you know, no filter, yeah, very, yeah. very direct, very aggressive, yeah, very yeah. sarcastic. I mean, there's so yeah. many different ways that different environments that people are raised in that is yeah. normalized for them. And yeah. so now you're with a mate who has a totally different experience. And Correct. for them, yo, know, it's, it's, it's hurtful. Yeah. You know, hey, they didn't mean, my mother didn't mean nothing by that. That's, that's just how she is. Well, you're not validating how I feel. And not only not only are you not validating how I feel in that situation, you did not protect me from them. You know me. You know how sensitive I can be. You know how differently we were raised. And so how is it that you're not even aware of their behavior having an impact on me? It's like, I didn't know. It didn't seem like a big deal to me. You know, you have you know, you have a tendency to kind of blow things up anyway. So, you know, I didn't I didn't really see, you know, that being a problem for me. So, yeah. 
you know, but in that same example, I find so many different reasons that being one of them, another one being where, um, again, people, they, they look at their mate, they have their narratives about their mate and how their mate handles situations. Yeah. And so they kind of just want to take this stuff out of it because uh, this doesn't seem like a big deal to me. So I'm just leaving it alone. And the mate is like, yo, why don't you have my back? Well, I mean, you do have a tendency to kind of overblow things. So, you know, I, I wasn't going to step in there, you know. But again, yeah. how do you communicate the the importance of having your mates back first and then dealing with them in private about what you may see see it being a um, an overreaction to a perceived slight? Yeah. Yeah. But but the idea is in the moment they feel betrayed, right? Exactly. Yeah. In the moment. In the moment. Betrayal to them. Yep. Right. Yep. Definitely. Um. Another example of betrayal that I come across, um, from time to time, is financial. Mm. Right. Financial betrayal. It's a big one. Where you know it it comes in many different ways. You have people who don't share how much money they make. They don't share that they have separate bank accounts. They don't share, you know, the kind of debt they're in, Um, (laughs) you know, they don't share their spending habits. And so when they make, (laughs) yeah, yeah, I I guess you've seen some of this before too. Right. Um, (laughs) And so their mate in in the process of discovering some of these things that wasn't shared, um, feel betrayed. You know, why are you keeping this from me? This is going to impact me too. You know, we file our taxes together and whatever trouble you're in, guess what? I'm going to be in the same trouble. Oh, yeah. you said taxes. Yeah. You got those, those savvy couples who, who don't tell when they dip into the 401k. Oh, or... yeah. 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 All that stuff. And, 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 and also, um, I've had couples over the years where one partner will go and talk to the family accountant and then say, like, hey, don't mention this, you know, to the other one. I mean, there's some... Yeah, I mean, to win this point, I mean, like people do engage the finance part uh, very secretly, mm-hmm. you know, even something like taxes. Like, so it's, it's, oh, it's yeah. pretty wild. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Yeah. Some yeah. of the stuff that we hear. Yeah. Yeah. And the response that the, the, I, I, is there another word to call them other than betrayer? Is it, you know, the, like the violator? What's another word to call them? The violator. <laughs> the, violator. Yeah. The, the, violator. Guilty, the guilty party. The offender. The offender. Right. There the you offender. go, offender. <laughs> even, even that one's a little rough. It's like, sheesh. Um, yeah. But for that person, the the reason they give for that oftentimes is, well, I figured I could handle it. You know, I will figure out how to put the money back in the account or, um, you know, take care of the, the debt or whatever on my own. I, I, I would do it before they found out. You know, it's just, I'm just taking a little bit out here. I'm taking a little bit out there, but I was going to get the money back in there before they found out. You know, it's like, why even put yourself mm. in that situation? There's Especially when you get yourself in trouble. It's, it's usually when you get yourself in trouble is when they find out. So they didn't just find out because you took a little bit out. You took a little bit too much out. And now it's come back and they found out. And so here you are now in trouble saying, well, I was going to handle that. It's, it's a little too late for that. Intimacy is hard. We bring all of our deficits from our families of origin and and it just collides mm-hmm. while we're trying to love another person and be loved. So to that point with finances, I have so many past and and probably former <laughs> and I'm sorry, future clients who will say not, I not the future clients too, geez. And future. I meant that. I meant that future clients <laughs> right. who are it's going true. to say, right? That I didn't have 
great financial skills coming into yeah. this relationship. I hear that one a lot. I didn't understand the value of credit. I didn't understand how damaging it is to rack up a whole bunch of debt. I have ran up my credit cards, filed bankruptcy and started all over again and ran them back up again a million times. The only difference now is that I have a partner that I have to be accountable to. Yes. And when my partner shines that light on how ineffective and damaging some of my old behaviors are, it's really the first time I've had to confront it because this was just the way I was out here living. Right. Absolutely. Right. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I saw my parents do it too. You know, it's the same thing that they did, you know, so hundred percent. I right. thought it was, I thought this is just the way that we lived. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. And I think, I think there's the other part. Um, I've heard this a couple of times. I'm not saying this is a common theme, but then there's also this issue with, um, well, I didn't want to tell you because like, I didn't want you to look at me differently or I knew yeah, that would. Yeah. Like, I think that's, I think that's really, yeah, I didn't want to be judged. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think that's really, really messed up because, I, because that is, I mean, that's such a violation of trust because, mm-hmm. t- you know, to Wina's point, people are entering intimate relationships as trying to be as open and vulnerable as possible and finances is part of that conversation yeah Mm -hmm. hopefully and finances folks is part of it sometimes i have to remind my clients that finances is not just about the x's and o's and the excel sheets like there's a lot of emotional ties to it you know like there there are teachings and and there are people's experiences you know to brother reek's point people are raised differently regarding finances right so there's like a range of experiences which is why we always say we need to talk about finances is not just the dollars and the cents we mm-hmm. have to talk about like you know some of the things that we were alluding to like you know debt credit all that stuff oh, or whatever spending because, habits and and you know what what is it you're trying to fulfill by spending so much correct, you know correct you know all the um, underlying issues yeah absolutely yeah yeah i just want to like uplift that because i think I, i'm not gonna lie like I, I have some clients who are very x's and o's and mm-hmm. they're just like oh well it's just it's just five hundred dollars i'll just put it back and i'm like it's not what we're talking about right here. Right. Right. It's not what we're talking about. Right. So, um, well, so yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's combine two betrayals here. When you, <laughs> that sounds dangerous, this, man. This, that sounds see, dangerous. This, this, is, this, is, this is, this is why we have Weena. Because who, who do you know? Who do you know says, let's come combine two betrayals? Two betrayals. <laughs> oh, wait for it, though. Uh oh. Go, go ahead. When you take out a relatively large amount of cash and that's relative to your partner. Right. And give it to your family member. Oh yeah. Repeatedly. Yeah. Yeah. And your partner says you gave $2,000 last month to so-and-so. And you told me that I was on a spending budget. Right. Or oh. you've been investing in the family business $600 a month for the last 18 months. And mm-hmm. I just found out about it, but we had money goals, right. right? Right. Or why didn't you think to tell me that? And the, I'm going to call them the, uh, no, what the alleged. <laughs> okay. We'll <laughs> take alleged. that one. That one sounds Not a little offender. bit. The alleged or the accused. <laughs> the, yes. accused the accused says, <laughs> but it was my family. Mm-hmm. Which again is all about perspective, that the rules change 
based on what we think is appropriate and what right. we think is right. And your partner feels so violated because you've kept this money detail out of the way you, you know, given it to family members and, and you say, but it's my family right. period, which right. means that I don't have to discuss that with you. Family is family. But that's the point about it. I think a lot of people get caught up in the idea that if I discuss it with you, then I'm asking for permission. Right. And so I don't want to ask for permission. So I'm just going to go ahead and do it. It's like, no, it's just a common courtesy to share the information. You don't have to ask for permission. Just let me know what's happening. The the fact that you feel like you didn't want to share that information with me either talks about intentionally trying to hide something from me or not feeling safe enough to talk to things talk to me about things. So one of those two things we need to address, either the lack of emotional safety and sharing or the intentionality behind, you know, the betrayal. So much about betrayal coincides with control and not wanting hmm. to be controlled or wanting to be True. in control of yourself. True. True. I, I didn't tell you because I didn't want your feedback. I didn't want you to be accountable for me in that moment and tell me that this wasn't a good idea. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't want that. Yeah. I wanted to maintain control of my life or of this choice that mm-hmm. I just made. And because of that, and that's with us talking about sometimes money issues, mm-hmm. things like that. When we talk about throwing your partner under the bus when they're being disrespected by a family member, that's different. Mm-hmm. Right. But when we talk about hiding things like spending, we're talking about control sometimes. Well, absolutely, because like there's if if I even recall your two betrayal example, I think there's also right, a level the combo. Of like, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's also a level of like incongruence. So I must have missed it, but I or making this up, right? Because if there's a part where it's like, but there are controls or restraints on the budget that you know uh that one partner's but that's a problem like mm-hmm. you know then then you've really lost some credibility here because yeah because yeah. let's be real like two thousand dollars is a lot of money and i don't care if you have it or you don't like that's a lot of money not to Wiener though but, that's not a lot of money to, to Wiener. right yeah right you know but but to but to but to i think i think that's you know so what we're saying is like it's very nuanced because like there's layers to it because mm-hmm. that in and of itself speaks to Wiener's idea of power like so yeah. there are restraints who set the restraints right. was there an agreed upon right. was there a mutual understanding and agreement around that restraint and right. if so then you violated it though especially if you're the one who who asked for it and implemented it yeah i mean so there's a lot Another of violation issue absolutely <laughs> because like and, and it's not to say and, and this is where usually you have to like tell folks who are in the position where like that's my family though that's my family though i'm not even speaking to that part yet mm-hmm. when i'm speaking to the part is like you you have created uh a, a yeah. boundary or, or or some something regarding this relationship and you wanted it yet you go against it yeah. and then like you want to feel entitled about it absolutely not yeah. because that is probably what's going on in your partner's mind as well what i just said mm-hmm. so we have to name that too because to Wiener's point it's a good combo because i've seen some of those like what do they call it? 
moving the goalposts kind of folks. Yes. There's yeah, a lot of folks sure. who do that. When they when they get cornered to win this point, when they start to get cornered, then that's when you start to see them backpedal, start leaning on certain things. But that's my family though. Like what am I supposed to do? Leave them out and homeless? No one's even talking about that. Like chill. Like no one's honestly talking about that. We're talking about this relationship right now. There this is a violation because you both agreed or there was some understanding that we would always go about things like this. You didn't do it. So technically deductively you violated, and that is a betrayal. You sure did. Wait a minute. My combo betrayal became a double betrayal. Both yeah. partners <laughs> got betrayed. <laughs> but you're absolutely right. Yeah, and it's a lot about of a double standard. Yeah. yeah, it's about yeah. a double standard. And and when we get Along with the betrayal, double right. standards, mm-hmm. 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 then we're, we have a lot of things to unpack with, with those people in session uh and it's really important to understand that two violations can occur at one time yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. absolutely yep for absolutely. sure for yeah, sure that's a good point. i don't know that's about you guys point. but i'm sweating now it's like <laughs> this, this conversation is kind of heavy man you know, like we get into the weeds and getting deep on this one <laughs> um you know and this is why we're probably going to do a, another around so. this too because there's so many examples i want to give one more example we can't you know, this is kind of like the elephant in the room. This is the simplest one that people often bring to us, of course, is physical cheating. You know, is the fact that you actually had sex with someone outside of our relationship is a major betrayal mm-hmm. that people often bring to us. The funny thing to me, the more inter- not funny, the most interesting thing to me about that is many times when people are talking about betrayal in relationships, that's the first thing they jump to thinking that's like the worst kind of betrayal there is that, Mm -hmm. you know, that you actually um, had sex with someone outside of a relationship. And I have to say that there are some other ones that may be a little bit more almost life threatening, you know, but that is a major one that we see oftentimes. And, um, you know, what is it that often drives that kind of betrayal? You know, recognizing that, yeah, infidelity is a major betrayal. We know that, but what's, what are some of the reasons, again, going to the um, offender or the uh, accused, as uh, Wina said, the alleged, the, right? the, the alleged, <laughs> the alleged um, what are some of the reasons that they give? And, and, and let me say this, too, because they will often not say it in front of their mate, but they will say it to you in, in private discussion. Some of the reasons why they give for actually stepping out there. You know, what are some of the reasons that you've heard from the alleged um, for that kind of betrayal, sexual betrayal. Well, the actual cheating is the symptom of Absolutely. the problem, n- not the actual genesis, right? Right. It's, it's, it's um, fulfilling a need that you may not be getting met mm-hmm. in that primary relationship yeah. or even covering a, a insecurity or a, yep. a fear that you have about being in close partnership with someone. Yeah. And I want to throw in there though, that if it was this black and white as knowing that a partner has actually physically had sex, that would make this a lot easier sometimes, mm-hmm. but absolutely more frequently it's, I saw text messages and communications that, that violated a boundary. It seems like my partner had sex with someone, I can't verify it. Mm -hmm. And that makes it so tricky. And when I try to talk to my partner about any of it, 
the fact that all of it was was a infraction. Right. My partner clams up. Yep. Or vehemently denies it. Right. That in itself is also another betrayal. Yeah. That you know that something inappropriate happened, but when caught in the moment, having to explain yourself, gaslighting, you lie. Gaslighting, gaslighting. Mm-hmm. Point blank. Yeah. That too is a, a betrayal. So apart from the fact that you might have had sex with someone, even trying to talk to your partner about the fact that having an outside relationship that that mirrors something romantic when that doesn't go well, that just makes it that much more complicated. Mm. There she goes again with that double betrayal stuff, man. It's, you know, I, I really deal in deceit uh, in my practice, <laughs> you know? I I'm glad you added that last caveat <laughs> in your practice. Uh, I thought you were going to say with a period. I deal with deceit, period. Yeah. Glad you added yeah. that. You know, what do yeah. you think, John? No, I think, I think, I think Sister Weena hit a lot on the head. Um, and, and 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 I think the other things too is um, I've also noticed not with every situation, but there is th- there has been some attempts to try to talk about whatever's going on, insecurity or whatever. And mm-hmm. um, you know, I just want to highlight that that like there are folks who seem like they have tried. They may not have gone about it the right way, or the partner may not have been receptive. Um, and then they they hit that wall where they're just like you know what like enough is enough Mm -hmm. and 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 right and then the ego takes over because it's fragile and you're hurting and you know and to weena's point all those insecurities start to play up but we all know that um there's a lot of relational driven factors that actually you know play a role in the physical you know um infidelity Mm -hmm. and 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 i think and we we know this even when we went to training it's like you having to also create space to actually talk about that is usually tricky for the person who got cheated on to say like that that's always some kind of accountability on their part oh like that that part is always pretty tricky because Mm -hmm. you know the the, the you're blaming me you're blaming me (laughs) yeah you know like those those kinds of that level of defensiveness and insecurity comes up and you know but thinking about it, like, th- this is a relationship, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, people don't just, you know, especially if folks are trying to put in effort, you know. Right. Um, you can't, it, people aren't acting, you know, just by themselves. Right. So, um, and then the other thing I, I, I want to highlight when Weena was talking, I'm not saying that this is like a common thing, but one of the other things I've heard before is people just saying that the partners are either not emotionally or physically available. Yep. Just, that That's yep. one of the ones that just comes up quite often actually yeah people are traveling for work and you know people are coming home tired people don't you know what i mean so that um, and and i'm stressing both the emotional and physical availability because we now live in a world now where like a lot of people are traveling and so people um are not as physically around um don't only get me started on uh, a, a particular part of of the population that i know is it's a, it's a very hard for them and that's you know the military couples mm. you know just having folks who are just deployed you know they go through a lot yeah. you know people aren't there and so um as human beings it's not to make it right um but people do start to feel a sense of both panic loneliness and you know the dark side starts to kind of take over because yeah. the ego needs to be fed yeah. when you're hurting yeah i think there's like there's two major sides of cheating one are those people who just don't care you know they are very um um i don't want to say just desirous because we all have our desires 
but they're hungry. They're hungry, they're thirsty. They just want to get that sense of fulfillment out. And so, yeah, I know I have a, a husband at home or a wife at home, but I, you know, I just, I'm just out here doing my thing, you know, and the less they know about it, the better off they're going to be. But this is just what I want to do for myself. And this is, it's a very selfish approach to being in a relationship. You know, you've, you've made this agreement and this is what, you know, you said that you're the contract that you signed and what the relationship is supposed to be, but you know, it doesn't really fit who you are. So you're going to go do your own thing. So you have that side of it. But then you have the side that John just mentioned, people who are actually trying, people who are investing a lot in their relationship and they're just not getting things back. You know, so right. you find people who have just a total lack of intimacy, whether it's physical, emotional, spiritual or intellectual. They're not getting what they need out of their relationship from their mate. They're feeling very unfulfilled. And for whatever reasons their mate may be doing it, maybe they are tired, maybe they don't know how to connect, maybe they're just not interested in connecting or they tried before and didn't work. So they just stopped or they're just very busy and investing in other things and not investing in their relationship. And so the person's looking for that connection. They're looking for someone else who can actually fill some of those needs. Maybe not all of them. You know, I'm not trying to move in with somebody else. I'm not trying to start a life with somebody else. But I need somebody else to talk to. I need someone else to connect with since you're not doing it, you know. Yeah. Or oh, I try to talk to you. I try to bring things to you and you're not interested in talking to me. You know, you, you, you're focused on other things or you just don't want to hear me or you keep playing on your phone. You know, or you're you're so invested in the kids that you're not even thinking about me anymore, or you're so invested in your job that you're not thinking about me anymore. So, I had to go elsewhere. And again, let us say that we're not saying that this are, these are reasons why you should go do it, but these are just some of the reasons that we hear from our clients as yeah. to why they go do it. Yeah. And they would label each of those reasons a betrayal. Yeah. <laughs> nonetheless, absolutely. Nonetheless, absolutely. it's still a betrayal. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Not gonna argue that. That's 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 facts. Yeah. Right. But these are reasons that people give, you know, and so recognize what may be happening in your relationship. Being able to step back, you know, after you discuss what the betrayal is and take some accountability for the role you've played in creating the atmosphere for a betrayal to take place. Again, not blaming you, but you like you said, this is a relationship. We all play certain roles. And if you know that you have stopped trying. Well, you might just be leaving your mate out there to explore other things. So, you know, things can, heavy. You know, I'm sweating again. I know it's, it's crazy. Like my my armpits is just like <laughs> just dripping right now. It's, it's, it's disgusting. You know. So, what about this part? And we, you know, again, there's so many different kinds of betrayal. We can do a part two and talk about some of the other kinds too. But I want to make sure that we also give the listeners an idea of what happens to a relationship. When a betrayal ha- when a betrayal happens, you know. So, what does the relationship begin to look like once that betrayal is discovered? You know, so you have one person who's feeling betrayed, the other person who's feeling whatever, or maybe be in denial. But what actually happens to the relationship as a result of that kind of betrayal, or any of those kind of betrayals? I see partners start to take emotional detours. What do you mean break that down? Where shortest distance between two points is a straight line. You initially feel like you can come to your partner about your concerns and you try to communicate directly at the start. And then when you feel betrayed, you clam up, Uh, you become more guarded. You start to uh, not talk as much, or you put that third person in the relationship and you have the emotional triangle going right? because you don't feel like you can get what you need from your partner. So you are going to your friend or your confidant or maybe a lover 
just to talk things through, am I crazy? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm feeling abandoned or my partner's spending too much money or I've been betrayed in some other kind of way. And those emotional detours create yet a second problem. Meaning we but- have the initial problem, which is the betrayal. Now we also have indirect communication, guardedness, and emotional triangulation happening in the relationship. Yeah, yeah. And and when either partner looks up from whatever they're doing, they see the other person's actions. Mm-hmm. Yep. The other and person betrayed, betrayed me in this particular way, right? Yeah. And, and it all becomes this big giant circle or dynamic, as we call it, that gets created that sometimes you can't even find the origin of until you come to a professional to help you unpack yeah. what's happened. Yeah. So you meet a betrayal with a betrayal in some other way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 We think, John, how does how does a betrayal impact a relationship? Um, I think I think I think anxiety skyrockets mm-hmm. okay like anxiety yeah. is now it's in the house it's it's everywhere it's in the kitchen it's it's when they're apart it's when they're together like anxiety is now um walking living. on them eggshells boy this man look at eggshells everywhere right. now definitely definitely and also to to Wina's point i agree too the, the the unfortunate part about when betrayal happens is um probably not the best like metaphor but i i, I tend to see it as like the symptoms just start like hemorrhaging more symptoms just start like hemorrhaging out. Like there's more issues coming out now. Mm-hmm. Right. It's not to say right. that there were problems before, but the minute the betrayal happens, it's like, they it's come to the now, surface. Yeah. It's like so many things start coming to the surface. And I think that also starts to kind of push people towards to those emotional detours that we was talking about, mm-hmm. because remember the betrayal has happened. And unless you like you go to urgent care and like, you know, immediately start tackling the problems, other issues start coming up and so what ends up happening is we now have chaos like both parties really don't know how to slow this train down they're really overwhelmed um everything is over analyzed and over examined um people start uh uh really trying to calm things down but it's not working because mm-hmm. why like you know it's 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 all these things are there um and the and the, the other part of it too is that you know especially if there's kids involved i mean now you have some extreme emotional dysregulation like all throughout the all throughout the the family now because now you can like even the kids can see it they can sense it they can feel it even if they know there hasn't been a betrayal but you have both parties both partners are now acting in ways that has now thrown the routine and the, and the, the daily rhythm I'll say like of the family off. Yeah. And, and what does that do? And I've seen this with couples like by both partners seeing that, then you start to feel guilty and then that starts to create more problems and then there's more anxiety and all these other things. Um, And so that, that's really unfortunate. So the betrayal also has like this systemic impact on the rest of the folks in the household, especially because like anxiety is now living there yeah. and it's permeating with all parties there. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and, and, and because of that's happening, we now have more symptoms arising, yeah. you know, more symptoms arising. Yeah. To kind of piggyback on the anxiety, what also forms is insecurity. Right. So now you have a mate who feels much more insecure because of the violation. So whether it's financial, whether it's physical, whatever the whatever the the betrayal was, now the person begins to doubt themselves. They either doubt doubt their um, 
you know, their their importance in your life, their role in the relationship. Um, there's so many doubts that start to enter. Um, you know, am I good enough? You know, are they stepping out because I'm not good enough? Um, so that becomes part of, you know, what causes the anxiety because now you're tiptoeing around your partner trying to make sure that you're not, you know, triggering their insecurity. You know, so you have yeah. that component to it. But the major part is the broken trust. Well, Through, and the anger. Oh, that's yeah. oh, that too. I mean, yeah. Oh, because the anger, the anger, <laughs> yeah, the we, anger accompanies right, everything. Because now you're just on the edge about everything. Yeah, to name it, right? <clears throat> yeah, we the anger is there. Yeah, the anger that you might feel over the betrayal, if if that's unresolved mm-hmm. for any amount of time, it just starts this avalanche. Mm-hmm. Anger is like a cancer. But but think about uh, anger too. Once it metastasizes, my gosh. But you recognize you recognize that anger is a secondary emotion, so it's a secondary response to other feelings, right? So what are sure. some, what are the feelings that actually feed into the anger? You know, have it's disappointment, hurt. fear, hurt, disappointment, fear, people disappointment, are right? Yeah, people are scared, Insecurity, man. right? Yeah, right. And so what you find, what you're finding is that the person who has been betrayed is overwhelmed with emotions, and so yeah, just about anything you do is going to set them off because. This anger is underlying everything. Anger is almost like a state of being now. And so there are so many feelings that they've experienced based off of, you know, the betrayal that anything you can do can set off any of those emotions. And so, yeah, of course, you're walking around on eggshells because the person feels so violated by what you've done that emotions just come to the surface easily because they're already right there. They're already right, right below the surface. So anything you do just sparks something. Now I'm feeling more Absolutely. insecure. Now I'm feeling hurt. Now, whatever you do, I'm feeling disappointed. You know, all the things that feed the anger are just right there under the surface waiting for you to do something to set them off. You know, so you have that. Um, but I do want to go back to the trust part because now that you have done this act of betrayal, your partner doesn't feel like they can trust you. So whether it's the 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 infidelity, whether no. it's the financial, you know, whether it's the not being protected by the parents, whether it's sharing up information, whatever these things are, your partner doesn't feel like in certain environments they can trust you. So yeah, now I can't trust you with our money. You know, so going back to the the betrayal of um, setting guideposts of what you can and can't spend begins to happen because, well, I have to protect our money because obviously you're not responsible right. with it. You know, which goes back to what John was saying before, that seems like kind of a betrayal because now you're trying to control but that's ultimately what happened. They feel like you don't have control. You don't have self-control. This is why one of the violations happened. This is why the betrayal happened. So I have to set stronger boundaries to keep you in. Otherwise, if you step outside those boundaries or are perceived to step outside those boundaries, I can't trust what you're going to do. So trust. Right. So a lack of trust becomes a major component of the relationship now. And yeah, those constraints that you don't want also accompany that. Because if you don't seem to have control over your actions and when you do take your own, make your own decision on what you want to do without my input, somehow or another I get injured by it. I don't want to keep getting injured. If I'm going to stay in this relationship, I don't want to keep getting injured. So I have to set these guideposts for you because you can't do it on your own. Mm. But So now control is a major factor in a relationship. Right? True. So now you're just spiraling down and down and down and down and down into it. Right. Anything else? Anything else you can think of? Any other 
major components that accompany being betrayed and how it impacts the relationship? Like, how does it impact the individual, the person who, um, the person who actually did, did the violating, the one who did the betraying? How does it actually impact them when their mate feels betrayed? Hmm. I think that depends, right? You know, it it definitely puts you in a one down position. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? Where if you if you acknowledge that the betrayal has occurred, because some people don't, they'll they'll go down fighting. Yep. Oh yeah. They did what they did, and they yeah. said what they said, yeah. right? But but if you acknowledge that your partner feels betrayed, and that you've erred in some way in the relationship. It can be extremely humbling yeah. and you may find yourself fighting to get back into your partner's good graces. That's that one down position for years where you're vulnerable and, and depending on how your partner processes that betrayal and the feelings that come from it, you may be in the doghouse for a long time. Mm -hmm. You have to accept that. Yeah. You have to accept yeah. that. That's a consequence of your action. You have to accept that you may be in the doghouse and you have a lot of work to do to get out of there. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We don't, we don't have enough time to really talk about that properly because it's not necessarily um, a standard mm -hmm. that you should be in the doghouse for a long time. Mm -hmm. But, but what I think we're trying to say is that when you have violated somebody's trust, it's easy to underestimate how much work needs to be done yeah. to get it back. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And also by violating trust, the person feels uh, a, a, a sense of loss of control. So they may clamp down, which ends up some people overdo it. And so to Wiener's point, people can't, it's, it's, it, and I'm not trying to be insensitive. It just is not appropriate for people to be in the doghouse long. When right. she says that, she's absolutely yeah. correct. Yeah. That is when you literally right. have to go to marital therapy, couples therapy, because yeah. that that there's no tenant in healthy relationships that says someone needs to be in a one-down position consistently, someone needs to be in the doghouse consistently, that there are ways to bounce back from infidelity. So I just want to uplift that, that I, you know, there's, there is empathy for the person who has been cheated yes. on because they've lost control okay. and their way of gaining of, of both massaging their ego and managing these difficult feelings is to now clamp down and, uh, mm -hmm. and to keep putting the person through, through the ringer because they deserve it. And, and in certain rights, deservedly so, but in the spirit of getting to a place of, we need to get back to a baseline and we want to be healthy. We need to move in the right direction. Oh, yeah, resolve reconciliation, all of that stuff. Wien is right. You cannot, the person cannot be in the, in the doghouse. She's yeah. absolutely correct. That's I just right. wanted to uplift that. Right. Because what you'll see too with that is, you know, someone will, now I have something that I have a problem with in the relationship and I'm bringing it to you, right? I didn't feel safe in doing it before. That's maybe one of the reasons why I did what I did. But now, you know, you're saying, come talk to me. Well, here I am coming in to talk to you. And because you don't like the way that makes you feel, now you're bringing up what I did again. Right. You're throwing it back in my face. So I remain in the doghouse no matter what I no matter how I feel. It doesn't match the betrayal that you experienced. So now I'm again, I'm being put back in the situation where I'm not getting what I need, which is some sort of accountability from you because you feel like I, I, I deserve to be in the doghouse. So you have that part of it. Right. 
Um, the the other thing that I think about often with this is, you know, as a person who did the the betraying, there's so much. Well, two things. One is um, you find that the the gaslighting that happens around it is because they don't want to take responsibility. They don't want to be held accountable because they don't want to deal with the guilt that may come with it. They don't want to deal with the shame that may come with it. So I'm going to deny. I'm going to deflect. I'm going to gaslight. I'm going to say it never happened that way or it doesn't really mean that much. I'm going to tell you that because I want you to believe that so I don't have to deal with the guilt. Guilt is one of those things, or guilt and regret, um, are two of those emotions that people really have a hard time dealing with because whatever you did, you can't undo. And so now here you feel this guilt and you don't want to feel that. You want to get rid of it. You don't want to experience it. So you can just keep denying it as long as, as long as you can. But then when you do get to the place where you kind of accept that, yeah, the other person feels betrayed. I played a major role in that. You know, what I did was a violation. Now you have to deal with the guilt. And people have a hard time dealing with that guilt, the sh- especially the shame part, you know. Mm-hmm. And so it's like recognize this is going to be part of the role as you're trying to work your way out of the doghouse, as you are trying to regain their trust. There are going to be moments where that sense of shame, that sense of guilt, that sense of regret will come back up. Right. And so it really yeah. matters how you handle that so that you can move forward, not allowing that to stop you from continuing to do the work. And a lot of people just say, you know, I don't feel like doing it. You know what? I messed up. Let me just go ahead and find somebody else to try and rebuild with and take this lesson and and move up with somebody else because this is going to take too much work to try and rebuild with this yeah. person, you know? And so it's a it's 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 a long road for that person as well as well as the person who was violated learning to trust you again. Right? So Look, there's so much that has to go along with this. We have to definitely do a part two because what we typically like to do as Kings of the Heart and the Cypher 3 is give you ways to overcome the issues. We want to make sure we give you some lessons on how to handle things better. And we didn't have time for it because there's so yeah. much that goes along with this. Yeah, so you have to listen to part two. Yeah, We're going to save that for Weena. We're going to have to do a part two to talk about this so that you can make sure that you are getting the information you need to actually do better in the future, right? So, but in the meantime, Weena, why don't you give the listeners some of your noble truths about betrayal? Um, I would say that betrayal is subjective, so hearing your partner's perspective is going to be the most critical piece of getting over betrayal. Mm-hmm. Just a quick little nugget to help people who are going to be waiting into the next cipher three. Perspective, perspective, perspective. Always remember that if you chose a partner who technically and typically has your back, that there's probably some perspective you need to hear to help soften the blow on that betrayal. Right. Right. Okay, good, good. Dr. John, what about you? What's your bullet point? What's your highlight? What is your noble truth for the listeners for this week? Um, with, with, with betrayal, Weena's right. We have to be mindful around it being subjective, but it also means that we need to be open and to use the word that she used earlier, we have to be very humble to really understand and listen to what we did because if someone has perceived what you've done said didn't do didn't say as a violation then the best thing to do is to slow down and really try to understand where they're coming from um defensiveness tends to really breed 
post betrayal yeah. and so we need to really be mindful of hey as 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 much as the emotions are pretty high we need to we need to work on listening we need to understand uh and if we're struggling with that then we need someone to uh, like a therapist to come and help us because i think both parties do need to be heard mm-hmm. i would say for me my noble truth is that even though you may believe you have your reasons for what you did you do still have to be able to validate your partner's feeling. They feel betrayed. You have to accept that they feel betrayed. You don't have to agree with it. You don't have to like it, but you do have to accept that they do feel betrayed and you played a role in that betrayal, a major role in that betrayal. Not saying that you have to feel guilty, not feeling that saying that you have to feel some sort of shame around it, but you have to accept that you played a role here. The person feels betrayed and you have to address that betrayal. And that there will be consequences that comes along with it. And you have to face those consequences. You have to take accountability for what you did. You can't escape that. It's going to be part of the process in reconciling and being able to resolve whatever the issue is with your mate. You can't duck it. You can't just sit there and be defensive. No, you have to accept that this is something that you did. You may not like the fact of how it makes you feel, but you're going to have to address it. That's just simply and plainly what it is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I know you know what I'm saying. I know you know what I'm saying. So look at guys. Wiping the sweat. I know. Wiping the sweat. This is yeah, look at I know there could be couples who can be driving in the car together, listen to this and be like, um, can we change this? We can't listen listen to this right now because uh of how it's making me feel. It's gonna bring it's bringing up old memories and stuff. So don't don't be scared. Don't be scared. We're giving you this information because we want you to learn from it and talk about it and you know, figure out how to overcome it. And like I said, in part two, we will make sure that we address not only other ways that people feel betrayed. But make sure that we're also um, giving you ways to overcome that betrayal. So anyway, Miss Weena, as we wrap, tell the people where you are, where you can be found, and what it is that you're doing. Uh, my private practice is definitely up and popping. We are accepting new clients. I have an amazing associate therapist uh, whose name is Anne-Marie. She's doing great work. And uh, I'm taking a couple of new clients, which is a rarity. A rarity. But Oof. you can... You can absolutely check us out at covenanttherapy.com. And you can also find me, Weena Wise, on IG uh, at Weena Wise or covenanttherapy at covenanttherapy.com. All right. Dr. John, tell the people where you at. Hey, um, feel free to check us out um, at kingsoftheheart.com. It's always important to come show love at the site. Um, also, feel free to visit um, the Relationship Counseling Center of Maryland. That's RCC Maryland, Maryland spelled out dot com. Uh, doing great work in the community, and you can find me also at Beer Institute of Justice. Just type that in, my name will pop up. And yeah, social media, Dr. John Hart. I'm sure uh, my name will pop up. But hey, kingsoftheheart.com That's definitely where it's at. We got a lot of great things coming up this year. There you go. And like Dr. John said, you can find me at kingsoftheheart.com with him, as well as tarikomariwalton.com and viewsandvibes.com. You can find me at all social media platforms as Tariq Omari. And you can find this podcast streaming on just about every streaming platform there is. So that's it. I hope you enjoyed the show. We will come back with a part two about betrayal very soon. In the meantime, you guys take care and take care of each other. See ya.